Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God's so good, hey? You all excited? What God's doing in our midst, how he's encouraging us and, and just using all of us to release his kingdom, right? In little ways, in big ways, but in very real ways. We're having an impact on this region, having an impact on our own families, hey? You know, um, this has nothing to do with what I'm about to say, but I was really impacted even in worship again to be reminded that his Andy leaving, leading worship and his son Josiah is waving flags. His um, Dave on the drums and all these girls over here worshipping the Lord. And we have Phil over here playing guitar and his son Andre absolutely going for it in the worship down the front. And then there's Ben and obviously our daughter Keely leading worship. And there's Ed and then we've got Cooper and his boys all out here worshipping God. And there's this thing that God's doing and I, and I know there's others, right? And I don't want to say anything about those who don't have their children in here at the moment. But what I do want to say is there's something God's really doing in family at the moment. Families rising up together. Families worshipping together. Families pouring it out together. And there's just a real restoration process going on. Do you feel that? Where God's restoring the, um, the, the call over families. We all have individual calls, but I believe every family is called too. And so can we just pray right now for restoration of the call over our families and we call in those of our children or our parents who are not yet walking in what we want them to, what we, what we believe God has called them to, right? Can we just join our faith together and pray for that? Father, we thank you that you are in the business of restoration and that this is a season of restoration, Father. And so we just uh, decree together your restoration over our families, Father. Lord, we thank you that before we were born, you had a plan for our families. That before we were born, you had a plan for our children, you had a plan for our parents, and you had a, a plan for our extended family, Father. And so, Lord, we just decree that plan and that mandate over our families right now, Father. And we just ask you to breathe fresh breath, fresh breath over our kids, fresh breath over our parents, over our uh, those that are connected to us, Father. Lord, we just call in the, the north, the south, the east and the west winds, Father, and we just say blow off all distractions, Father, all uh, just even hard hearts, Lord. We just ask for just Holy Spirit massages over our family. Let hope rise again. Restore the dreams, Father. Heal the disappointments. Lord, we just call them into the kingdom and we ask for angels on assignment just to pour out your goodness over our families, Father. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, thank you, God. There's much going on. It really is a new day, isn't it? I know for uh, a couple, a few weeks now, I've really had this sense of a new day and a new, a new season and it's actually felt like a new year to me. And I know we had like some of our team over a couple of weeks back and we, st we actually had Christmas carols on, didn't we? We had Christmas carols on because it felt like Christmas. There was, I don't know what was going on. It was kind of weird. I know that sounds really weird if you weren't there, right? You're like, they're crazy people. Actually, we probably are crazy people. But hey, we had the Christmas carols going because it, there was this sense of just excitement in the air. And then just last um, week, Froyle was over and... Um, Andy and, and all the guys and we're there and we're having dinner again and I was um, sitting out the back, wasn't I? And I'm like, Happy New 
year. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what's wrong with me? Now I'm feeling like it's New Year. And I, I said to Ben, hey, can you look up when the Hebrew New Year is? And it actually is on September 24. And so I just believe um, in this instance that we're coming into not just a new season, but a new season. That something really is shifting over the body of Christ and shifting over this region and shifting over the, the, the body across the nations, right? That this is a new season of resurrection life and restoration and harvest. That God is bringing in a harvest. At the moment, he's bringing in a harvest of the harvesters. Do you recognize that? A harvest of the harvesters. Why is he doing that? Because there's a harvest coming in and he needs his harvesters back. And so God is very busy restoring hearts of those who've walked with him before or who've grown cold or who have a, a massive call over their life and haven't been quite aligned with what God's doing. God's calling in the harvesters. So if you know people who are in a cave at the moment, let's be decreeing over them the call of God, awakening oil, angelic encounters, a smashing down of everything that inhibits them to walk in all that they are called to, right? Because God's calling in the harvesters. Ha. Huh. We need to keep speaking hope out, as we've been saying, keep releasing those financial testimonies that have been uh, breaking in this midst. On Thursday night at Super School, we won't do it tonight, we may next week, but at um, our, our ministry school, we got a whole bunch of people, I said specifically, if you have a, a testimony of financial breakthrough, I wanted to be specific, just financial breakthrough, in the last weeks, come out the front and share. And we probably had what? half dozen to eight or so people, just one after the other, sharing a financial breakthrough just in the last few weeks. Something's going on, right? Hope is being restored. God is uh, breathing a fresh wind over all that we're putting our hand to, and we thank him for that. Um, this week, um, Ben and I, someone actually blessed us with a new fridge. Crazy, right? It's not really something that you would normally think someone's going to walk up to you and say, hey, God told me to buy you a fridge. We've had the same fridge since the day we were married. It was kind of on its last legs. And for our increasing family, it really wasn't coping, right? It wasn't coping. But it's not something that even if someone had given me money, I would have gone out and bought. That's the honest truth. We probably would have gone to India. And someone walked up to us and said, God has told me to buy you a fridge. But not only that, in God's goodness, and this was such a testimony to me of the goodness of God, they said, there's no um, limit here. Go and buy the fridge you want. Isn't that like a, just a, a testimony of the heart of God? And so we've got this like amazing cranking fridge that has, you know, the ones that have the, um, what do you call those doors? the French doors that open up. But Ben and I have, honestly, Kate will be testament to this. We keep standing in front of it and just looking, <laughs> opening the doors and looking in. But to us, it's such a sign of the goodness of God. It's a fridge. It's just a fridge. But to me, it's a sign of the goodness of God. And as we open up these double doors, I speaking over all of us, the double doors have been opened for us. There's a, there's a harvest and, and a harvest of the seeds that we've sown, all from a fridge. From a fridge. It's kind of actually good to be 
<laughs> That's a photo from inside the fridge. Looking out. <laughs> For those of you that don't know we're mad, now you actually do, right? <laughs> God's really kind. <laughs> and he's doing amazing things in our midst, right? Who's excited by what God is doing? You know, I know that some of us have not entered into a fullness of what we know God's been speaking us to, but we will decree what God is saying, right? And we're going to keep our hearts um, aligned to what God's saying over ourselves and over this region, hey? You know, the season of life that we're in right now is building our character for the season to come. It's building our character for the dreams that God has placed in our hearts and is taking us into. Nothing is ever wasted in God. So all those years where we've journeyed, all the things that have been uh, sometimes hard, sometimes amazing, sometimes disappointing, sometimes full of joy, but all the years of our journey is never wasted. God uses it all. He uses every little step of the journey to, to add in what he is wanting to, to say to us. You know, we're just going to talk briefly tonight about Joseph. You know, uh, Joseph with his technicolored coat, his many-colored coat. Joseph, the guy who uh, had many dreams, big call over his life, a whole lot of words. Remember, he had a dream from God and God um, really very specifically in this dream laid out to him a literal dream, right? He dreamt in the night and God really laid out to him what his future was. Remember that? It was very specific. Many of us in this room, if not all of us, have had dreams at times where God has talked to us about the days to come the future that he's taking us into. Those of us that may not have had dreams in the night about our future, I would say most of us have had a, a prophetic word or a word of encouragement, particularly those in Pour It Out family, because we are very good at pouring out uh, encouraging prophetic words over people, right? Um, many of us would have had words at some time about the days to come. Some of them were decades ago. Some of them were just last week. But some of us have been holding on to, to really very real dreams and words for a long, long time, right? So favour followed Joseph. So all of his story can be found. I'm not going to read it because we're going to run out of time if I do. But you can go home and read his story in Genesis about, I think it's about 37 through to... 40, 41, something like that. Go home and read it because it's actually a really stunning story of the goodness of God and God journeying with a man through hardship and disappointments and breakthrough coming and breakthrough leaving and breakthrough coming and breakthrough leaving. <laughs> so Hebrews 6.10, I want to I top and tail this with the word of God. Hebrews 6.10, and, and before I read this verse, I'm going to tell you the story of why this verse is so important to us. Um, long, long time ago when Ben and I uh, were in ministry and we were in Wollongong and we'd finished up a certain um, ministry that we had planted at the time and God had moved us on to somewhere else. And through a whole big list of circumstances, through a whole big journey, um, 
we finished up at this ministry, right, and weren't really sent out well. Let's just leave it at that, right? And we were really hurt. We actually really hurt. It was like everything that we had done was worthless and completely just tossed aside. That's not to speak of the hearts of the people, right? Because we still know many of them and are in good relationship with them and they're good people. Even good people can sometimes hurt people, right? It's our responsibility to keep our hearts soft towards people. But all to say, in this season, we were feeling kind of hurt. And like, what's with that? (laughs) And I came home one day and we're about to take off to Perth where we were um, going to our next ministry deal and I was just upset. And I was actually in the bathroom as so many of my stories end up being in the bathroom. I don't know why, but I was in the bathroom and I'm sitting there feeling really like depressed and what the heck is going on here, God? Don't you care? And I heard a real voice say in my head immediately, Hebrews 6.10, let me read this to you right now. I looked it up. I didn't know what it said. All I heard was Hebrews 6.10. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Isn't God amazing? Let me speak this over all of you right now. Hebrews 6.10. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help him. God is not unjust. He sees, he knows, and he remembers, and he is not unjust. And so no matter where the journey has taken you, whether it has been full of joy or full of disappointment, God is not unjust. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is a rewarder. God remembers, and he knows, and he sees, and he is not unjust. It's our responsibility. I remember um, my pastor at the time sat me down at a cafe table while I'm, um, you know, dealing through all the the emotions of the season. And I remember she said to me very clearly, she said, Jodie, even if they do everything wrong, whoever they are, it's still your responsibility to do everything right. There's a word, right? Our hearts are our responsibility. No matter where the journey has taken us, no matter the disappointments or the joys, no matter the things that fell apart or the things that seemingly worked, God is not unjust. Hmm. We work unto God and people generally start to notice and favour follows, just like with Joseph. So this is a really brief message on how to deal with the words and the promises over your life. Joseph's story begins, as we said, with a dream and a call and he very specifically got this cracking word, right, of what God was going to do in his life. Incredible word being poured out over him. Here's a, um, just, just a word of wisdom. Sometimes when words are poured out over our life, here's the warning bells that need to go off in us. Now do not fall into pride. Because some of the words that are poured out over us in God's goodness, if our hearts are not kept in check with him, we can now start to think we're the best thing since sliced bread. Because look at what God has just promised me. I am going to shape the nations. And before you know it, you're walking around like a 
you know, nose in the air, I'm too good for all of you, you should all be bowing down and serving me. And that's not the intention of the prophetic. The prophetic is to uh, raise us higher and speak hope over us and God's goodness and, and urge us and decree into us the promises over our life and at the same time, hand in hand, speak character into our journey. Speak goodness into our journey. Speak stewardship into our words, right? So as we know, Joseph was actually really, really wronged. His family got jealous of the, the words over his life. And I, you know, probably Joseph was a little bit arrogant <laughs> with the word over his life. But nonetheless, he didn't deserve what happened next, right? No one deserves to be uh, wronged and, and essentially sold into slavery by his family. Often, often in the journey of life, do we not know that it's usually those that are closest to us that sometimes do the fatal wounds? Let's just take that on board and not be a people that give those close to us fatal wounds. Let's be a people that speak heart massages over those around us, that speak resurrection life, that speak resurrection, amen? So Joseph is taken into uh, captivity and he goes from a very favoured son into slavery, right? We all know the story. But it's very clear that Joseph watched over his ho uh, heart. There was a whole lot of opportunity, right, for offence, unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred, pride, hardness, jealousy, slander, to uh, formulate some massive scheme of payback to his uh, attackers, to have showers and come up with all these amazing things you're going to say to put them in their place. Ever been there, right? There was lots of opportunity for that. But we know that Joseph watched over his heart well. How do we know that? Because favour went with him and he ended up, even in his detour, being put in charge of the house that he was taken into slavery in. People saw the wisdom and the character on his life. People noticed God was with him. Genesis 39.3 says this. So this is the Bible. This is what it says of Joseph. Now... His boss, this is Joseph's boss, now Joseph's boss saw that the Lord was with him. He saw that the Lord made all that Joseph did go well. So Joseph found favour in his eyes. So if his boss could notice that the Lord was with Joseph, then Joseph must have been to a very good level managing his own heart for his boss to be able to see there's something on that guy. I don't know what it is, but I like him. I'm going to put him in charge of my whole house. And so he did. It says that Joseph prospered at home and at the work and in, and in the field. So essentially Joseph prospered at everything he put his hand to. He was managing his heart well and there was a great deal of favour on Joseph as he honoured God. So the story continues. Hang on. <laughs> Sorry. 
The story continues and it takes a turn for the worst again. So Joseph was totally attacked and trashed by his own family, sold into incredibly hard and heartbreaking circumstances. Favour follows him. He's promoted into uh, head of the household. And, you know, I'm sure Joseph is going, yay, thank you, God, for the, you know, promises over my life now starting to come into breakthrough. He's put in charge. And once again, we know the story, um, attack and persecution come against Joseph. This time in the form of a woman who had decided that she was going to get this guy, I don't care what's going on, you're mine and I'm going to have you. And she uh, made it her business to go after this guy and tempt him and tempt him and tempt him and tempt him and tempt him. Obviously, again, Joseph was really managing his heart well because Joseph didn't give in to this uh temptation he, he you know kept saying no I'm I'm here God sent me here and he managed his heart well however this woman had other ideas in her head and as we know the story goes and and she tricked him and she really essentially got jealous and felt peeved off that um, she couldn't get him and so she decided to falsely accuse him to her husband and the household and essentially the whole area that this guy was trying to sleep with me and you need to do something about it, right? So, through no fault of Joseph, no fault of Joseph, actually Joseph was moving in favour, running the household and completely saying no to the temptations coming at him and through no fault of his own, Again, attack comes and he's thrown into prison. So he finds himself in another dark place of containment. It's completely unfair and lies are thrown at him. And again, he finds himself with everything lost. Ever been in a season where you've had a level of uh, hardship? You get promoted and bang, suddenly it all seems back to square one again, right? Here's this guy, Joseph, suddenly back to square one. Verse 21 says this, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him kindness. This is Joseph again in prison, again being attacked, this time with no fault. He didn't do anything but actually serve God well. And he finds himself in jail, trapped and having lost everything. And verse 21 makes it very clear again that Joseph was really managing his heart well. Because the Lord says of Joseph, but the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord showed him kindness. Again, the responsibility on us to manage our hearts well, whether we're wronged with reason or whether we're wronged without reason, falls on us alone. To manage our hearts well. Again, Joseph didn't turn against God in this season. It says that the kindness of God kicks in, favour remained with him. And even in this place of attack, uh, he found favour and he was put in charge of the prison. Remember the story? So now he's in charge of all the prisoners. It's really interesting to me that um, even in a season of containment, now um, Joseph is looking after the brokenhearted and those who've ruined their life. So even in this season, the flip side is that God's actually teaching him how to love the broken, how to love the hurting, how to lead those who've lost everything in a dark place. God was growing Joseph's character, right? 
character really matters. And for those of us who've had smashing words over us, character really matters. Favour and gifting will open doors for you, but character keeps you in the door. Lack of character bumps you right back out again. So favour was with Joseph, and even in a season of attack again, God was with him. Verse 23 says this, The Lord made all go well with whatever Joseph did, an increase of favour and breakthrough. The Lord made all go well with whatever Joseph did. Let me ask you a question. Do you want God working for you? Because in this instance, the Lord made everything go well with Joseph. Everything he put his hand to now went well. Do we want the Lord working for us, working on our behalf? Then the responsibility of us uh, lies with us to manage our hearts well, to let go of past offences, to forgive people who have wronged us, to let go of bitterness, to uh, go hard after God and serve him in all our circumstances, whether they be good or whether they be bad, whether they be full of the promise that God has spoken over us or just pre-promise and we're still moving forward. The responsibility lies on us to manage our hearts well and if you can manage your heart well holy spirit help us manage our hearts well it would seem that favor increases and the lord himself works on our behalf and so the responsibility lies with us to guard our hearts the story continues in the course of joseph doing his life well and trusting god life again happened and now a suddenly came So Joseph uses his uh, God-given gifts and suddenly he finds himself interpreting dreams. But I want to say this. I reckon, right, Joseph was always interpreting dreams because that was a gift on his life. Since he was a young boy and God gave him a dream and he knew what the dream was saying over his life and so Joseph had faithfully walked in the dreams and and the giftings that were on his life. Through the good times and the hard times, Joseph was being faithful with the giftings that are on his life, releasing prophetic words, releasing goodness, releasing interpretation of dreams. Whatever the gifts are on our life, going out and doing our street ministry, feeding the poor, healing the sick, whatever they are that we're all walking in. In this instance, it makes very clear that, that Joseph was using the gifts on his life faithfully for the kingdom right now he's interpreting dreams in a prison so he finds himself giving prophetic words remember the um the baker and the cup bearer who were government officials find themselves through a whole set of circumstances now in the same jail jail where joseph is so joseph's in jail and now some government officials are thrown in jail with him and joseph ends up interpreting the dreams on their life So Joseph's interpreting, using the gifts on his life to impact government officials now. I want to say this to us as a word of encouragement. If we're a faithful steward of what God's doing in our life, God will either take you to a place of influence or he'll bring you 
or he'll bring the place of influence to you. You are never trapped without a rescuer and you are never trapped without a way of favour coming on your life, no matter what the circumstances, because God can take you and put you in a place of influence or he can bring the place of influence right in front of you. He will always bring influence and favour on your life when we manage our hearts well. We need to remember that a spirit of entitlement or a spirit of competition or jealousy or bitterness will halt God's favour on our life. A spirit of entitlement is essentially pride. The reason why it's pride is because we get into an attitude in our own hearts where we demand something from God, where we think, I'm the boss of my life and you need to do it this way. I'm in charge of me. Hear what I'm saying? It's actually pride. And here's one of the scary verses in the Bible, James 4, 6. Here's another one to top and tail over us, over this message. God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. So we talked about how do we get God working for us. Now this is actually telling us how do you get God resisting you. Walk in a spirit of entitlement and God will resist the dreams on your life. Walk in pride, arrogance, I'm the boss of me. And there's a resistance of his spirit that comes on his people. That's kind of scary, right? I don't want God resisting the dreams on my life. I want him working to bring alignment over every word that's been spoken over my life. And so there's a responsibility over all of us, right, to manage our hearts well. Let his Holy Spirit convict us and then do something with it and then walk in freedom. Don't stay mulling in shame. That's not from God. Don't stay mulling in, in guilt. That is not from God. But conviction is from God and conviction always leads us into hope, a place of hope, because God restores that which he's doing in our life the moment we say, yeah, that sucked, God. I'm sorry about that. Help me. Forgive me. So the backstory to, uh, to Joseph is essentially that it was absolutely years and years and years in the making. The dreams that were spoken over his life of, of national uh, impact were years in the making. Joseph was giving words to people of, of influence and increase and, and favour coming on him, but there were also stories of him being forgotten, right? Even when he, uh, you know, gave the words over the cupbearer and the, um, the bread maker, they forgot about him and there's another two years that he was stuck in prison. You know, I want to say this, that Joseph didn't just... Joseph was eventually right. There was another suddenly where the king now has a dream. And long story short, they say, get Joseph. Remember that? Get Joseph. The king's now had a dream. And so again, the place of influence is now calling for Joseph. The decree of favour is now saying, bring me that guy. 
But I want to say this, when Joseph rocks up and starts releasing the word of God over this king, it was not the first time that he'd ever interpreted a dream. He was faithful over a lifetime of growing and stewarding well the gifts on his life. Do you hear that? And then in that suddenly moment where the king calls him forth, he was well prepared. He was well prepared for the suddenly moment. You know, we've all heard it said many times that the everydays prepare us for the suddenlies, but actually it's very true. The everydays prepare us for the suddenly days. And so it's up to us to steward our everydays well because we never know when an everyday is going to turn into a suddenly day. And so we steward well what God's already pouring out in our lives. You know, I remember being in Fiji, um, I don't know, it was a few years back now, and um, we were in a meeting, and and long story short, um, I really just felt the Lord's... uh, give me a word and I started to prophesy and ended up um, essentially, I don't want to get political here, so hear hear the heart. I was essentially speaking out, which was really random. I just started saying, you know, I just want to apologize on behalf of Australia. Fiji was going through a hard time and Australia had made some political decisions. I'm not even saying, let's just speak well of Australia well. They were Let's give them the benefit of the doubt and our officials were doing their best. Nonetheless, the outcome was that it brought hardship on Fiji. And I found myself saying, I just want to apologise on behalf of Australia and we speak blessing over you as a nation. We speak goodness over you as a nation. We speak revival over you as a nation. And I felt ridiculous saying this word, I've got to be honest, because I'm like, what the heck? It was a room of maybe 40 people and it's out in the, you know, back end of Fiji somewhere. (laughs) And I'm thinking, okay, that was random. Thanks, God, for that. (laughs) And um, then we're praying for people at the end of the service and Ben and I prayed for this one couple in particular and they really got smashed in the glory. That's the only way I can describe it. And I found myself leaning over one of these ladies and weeping for her. Just this weeping came on me and really decreeing some some healing and, and, and some words, but the whole time weeping for her. That God would just do everything that her heart has been crying out for. And long story short, we later discovered that this um, couple had been involved in government and they're now involved in government again right now. And that word broke something over their lives. And I'm not saying this to say, wow, look at me, right? I had no idea who was in the room. I had no idea who I was praying for. It was just another every day. Just another every day, right? Being faithful in the every days with what God is speaking over our life will lead to suddenlies. But we need to steward our every days. Our every days. 
that every day we steward the gifts on our life, that every day we steward the finance that God has given us, that every day we steward the gifts and the, and the dreams and, and the heart massages that the Holy Spirit is doing in our life, that every day we steward well the things that he's pouring out in increase and goodness over our lives. Because every days lead to suddenlies, right? You know, um, I, I know just in life in general that people often say that they're going to give their profit and abundance to God, right? When God does this for me, I'm going to do this for him. You ever heard that? Some of you may have said it um, yourselves. And you know what? Probably that won't happen. Because if we're not stewarding well where we're at right now, when increase and breakthrough comes, chances are we won't steward that well either. God is calling us to steward well our every now day. That means if you have little, then steward little well. That means if you have much, then steward much well. That means that every day we ask the Holy Spirit to teach us and show us how to steward well what he has graciously poured into our lives, right? Huh. You know, recently Ben and I came into um, some money, you know, sort of a, for us at the time it was a semi-big amount and this was only in recent times and we gave away more than half of it. And I'm not saying that to say, wow, look at them. I'm saying it because of, of this. There, there had been a sort of a season before that where things were actually really, really tight and then there's a pouring out of a level of breakthrough financially and we were both really aware as in many times of our seasons and our journey with the Lord, this is now a test. What am I going to do with the match? Will I hold on to it selfishly for me? And I'm not saying that it's wrong to hold on to money, right? But in this moment, I knew this was one of those moments where it was down to what are you going to do with the breakthrough, Jody? Are you going to stay generous or are you going to hold on to it? God is always testing and growing our character because he wants to pour out the much. He's excited to pour out the much. He is uh, looking with joy and anticipation on a body that he wants to pour out the greater gifts over and a greater measure of breakthrough and a greater measure of favour and a greater measure of uh, prosperity and abundance and goodness and giftings and manifestations and salvation and harvest. But he is looking for a people of character that he can actually pour it out on and not ruin them. We need to be faithful with our every days so that when the suddenly days come, we will stay faithful. And we're in a season right now where there's an invitation and an opportunity from the Holy Spirit to be faithful with our little. And you know what? God is doing something so incredible because we have heard story after story after story and testimony after testimony of really quick breakthrough when people are giving and stewarding at the moment. God's being so kind. He's showing us that he is no man's debtor. He's showing us that he never forgets and nothing is ever wasted. And even when we're misunderstood and, and beat up and bashed and, and attacked and persecuted and people have treated us unfairly, nothing is ever wasted. 
because he sees and he knows and he remembers and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Huh. So the more significant the call on our lives, the more character-testing episodes we seem to go through. It's just kind of how it is, right? (laughs) Because God's growing greatness in us as a people. And so great people have great character. And God is massaging our hearts, right? Do you sense that? That he's pouring out his glory, he's pouring out his gifts, he's pouring out uh, breakthrough in many areas of our life and he's also growing character. One of those scary verses again is Psalm 105.19. This is one just to think about because I read this and I was like, shebang. (laughs) It says this. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams. He's talking of, this psalm is talking about Joseph. Until the time came to fulfill Joseph's dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. The Lord tested Joseph's character. Whoa. Until the time comes for every word and promise that has been spoken over our lives, the Lord is growing our character. He's rising us up. He's saying, come on, you can move in generosity. Come on, you can give of the gifts on your life. Come on, you can be a faithful people where your yes is yes and your no is no. You can be a people that I can pour out incredible manifestations of my glory and healings and creative miracles and resurrection life. Come on. You can be a people that I can pour out the greater glory over. Do you feel that? He's raising us higher, not with guilt, not with shame, not with you suck. (laughs) That's the enemy. That is not the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father is, come on, I made you for glory. I made you for greatness. I made you for every word and promise that I have spoken over you. Come up higher with me. Hmm. So let's just guard our hearts well, right, in this season as God's pouring out greater breakthrough over us, a greater measure of his uh, promises are manifesting around us, let's guard our hearts well. Let's let the Holy Spirit strip us of bitterness and offence, strip us of small thinking, strip us of I'm in charge of my life, strip us of I'm in charge of my finances, who do you think you are, strip us of that whole deal of I'll give you 10%, I'll maybe give you 5 I'll maybe give you 20 Let's just give him the lot. And then he'll say, take this back. I want you to have this. Give him the lot and let him actually say, you know what, you were giving too much right then, take it back. That happened when the people built the temple. 
They made an announcement and said, it's too much, take it back. We don't need any more. How can that happen? That happens when a people acknowledge in their hearts, everything I own is God's. Everything I own is God's. And in his goodness and in his mercy and in his very good pleasure, he says, I want this for you. You take it. You go buy a holiday. You take your family out to dinner. You pay your mortgage and and your bills and your stuff. This is yours. But he gives it to us. We don't take it from him. Does that make sense? Everything we have is God's. Huh. Oh, man. There's never enough time here. You know, I want to tell you a really quick story, and this is how I'm going to end. Um, there was a season in Ben and I life where, you know, our journey, we were itinerant, we were on the road. Um, we'd been in a, in a season where, long story short, but God miraculously not only allowed us to get a home, which was a miracle in itself that I think Ben will share sometime really soon. We ended up owning two homes in Perth, all on how much? It's a miracle, right? It's a crazy story of breakthrough. We're going to share this one day to encourage you because God has been speaking a whole heap of uh, prophetic encouragement over people with homes at the moment. Anyway, we end up with two homes. Then we end up buying a home over in uh, Brisbane. Again, all things that we had considered were impossible for us while we were serving the Lord. Ended up buying this home and through a whole crazy set of circumstances and myself being unwell and ministry in some senses um, drying up and a whole bunch of stuff, this home that God had very clearly given us was now about to be taken away from us. And so we're in this season where we're virtually about to lose our home. We barely have any money coming in. I'm as sick as a dog And um, I've had a little bit of breakthrough in my life, but I've essentially come out of a season where for the last year I was stuck at home and couldn't leave the house. Many of you know this story. The reason I couldn't leave the house, apart from being really unwell, was that I was going to the toilet 40 times a day. You can't physically leave the house when you're in a season like that for a year and temperatures and sickness. I spent most of that year on the couch saying, God... These are the promises that you've spoken over my life. I'm called to the nations and I'm stuck here in a bathroom. Why do you think God gives me so many words in the bathroom? I think it's because it's the place of promise for me. I spent so flipping many hours in that bathroom going, Jesus, this is not what you spoke over my life. Seriously, I really did. And so we're in this season where we're about to lose our house and and we end up on the road and long story short we actually didn't lose the house again miraculous breakthrough miraculous breakthrough and we go on the road full time into ministry remember I had been deathly ill and God said go on the road and I'm like what the flipping heck are you talking about Lord and yet within my um, heart there was this leap of hope because I'm like okay it's time it's time it's time we're going to do this we're getting rid of the house we're we're going on the road and and we take off on the road and, and it's a mix of good stuff and hard stuff just like anyone right 
Good stuff, hard stuff. Life is always a mix of stuff going on in the mixed and, and we're still called to manage our heart well, regardless of what's going on around us. So we're on the road and in the past, like anyone in ministry, I've already shared a couple of those stories. We'd, we were really treated well and sometimes we were really treated rotten. And sometimes things happen that just weren't fair and they were actually wrong. And isn't it good to learn throughout the journey of our life? You know, I can't tell you how many times I said, when I'm in charge, I will never do that. Well, when you are in charge, God actually tests you, will you do that? Seriously. Again, why did we give away more than half that money? Because that was a test. You're in charge, Jody. What are you going to do? And he taught us during that season to manage our hearts well. And he taught us that I don't care if your reputation is in shreds. Didn't I say to you when an angel stood on the end of your bed that it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, said the Lord. Didn't I say to you, O mighty mountain, who are you? You will be but level ground before the hand of the Zerubbabel, before the hand of Jesus. Didn't I speak over you that all things are possible, so even where something looks dead, I can raise the dead? And didn't I speak over you that you were called and you were chosen, just as we all are? And so I am the giver of resurrection life. Did I not say to you, manage your heart well in the good good seasons and the hard seasons? Did I not say to you that even if you were shipwrecked and beat up and left for dead, that you still need to honour me? And so this uh, season ensued where um, we were literally in that time, and I know for many of us, because I know the stories on many of your lives, day after day after day after day, we would literally just hold on to what God promised And I found myself um, for weeks and weeks on end just honestly unable to stop crying. I'd been through times where things are hurt, right? I'd been really sick and hurt and stuff had happened before, as with any of us, right? But in this particular season, something just cracked in me and I literally could not stop crying. I know Ben and Keely in this moment were like, there's actually something really wrong with her. Because I just cried and cried and cried. Strangely, we were at a ministry retreat in Tawanton, only a couple blocks away from Froyle and Andy, but didn't even know them yet. (laughs) Crying my eyes out day and night, night and day, getting to a point where I couldn't breathe. The hurt was so intense, I couldn't breathe. And I remember, again, being in the shower and literally just collapsing on the ground and Ben coming in and picking me up and not being able to breathe, not being able to talk. I had no energy left to cry another tear. And I remember calling out to Jesus and going, Jesus, help me. I remember saying to him, if this is all there is, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And I remember going to bed that night just broken and falling asleep. I think I cried myself to sleep again. And um, I remember waking up at some point during the night and I saw two really bright lights at the end of my bed, really bright, intense light. And I remember opening my eyes and looking at the bright, intense light and immediately knowing that's angels at the end of my bed but being so broken that even two angels standing at the end of my bed, I was like, thanks, God. And just shut my eyes and went back to sleep. 
All I know is that the very next morning when I woke up, the intense pain and the intense hurt was completely gone out of my heart. I felt like I could breathe again, a fresh breath of air. I felt like there was hope back in the room. I felt like my God had done something. I don't know what it was, but God did something because my heart felt alive. The circumstances hadn't changed. Our friends were still not talking to us. Churches were saying, don't get them to come minister. But I could breathe again. And I said to Jesus one day, um, the same day actually, I said to him, who was that that stood at the end of my bed? And he immediately said, that was justice and mercy. And I'm like, well, I get the justice, but what about the mercy? And the Holy Spirit very clearly said, because if I'm going to pour out justice over you, then you need my mercy as well. If God's going to pour out justice over his church, then we need his mercy as well. If God's going to pour out his glory and his goodness over us, then we need character as well. If God's going to pour out more and more of his abundance and prosperity over us, then he needs us to do the heart journey with him. He needs us to be people that will say, heal me from the hurts. Heal me from the stuff, whether it was deserved or whether it was not deserved. Heal me from the stuff. And as for me, when you bring breakthrough and favour on my life, may I steward it well. May we all steward it well, right? Let's pray. Let's stand up. For the sake of saying it, that minister that I'm talking about has since apologised to us and we have accepted that. And many of the ministers who <laughs> decided to get off our website have since all come and re-established relationship with us too. So God is good. God is really good. If you feel like there's a heart massage going on in you right now and you know that there are hurts of the past season that God in his goodness is actually calling you to let go of, I just want you to raise your hands right now. And I'm just going to pray for grace, for justice and for mercy. Father God, I thank you that you are a very, very, very real father and you are a very, very, very real rewarder of those who diligently seek you. Father, we give you the past seasons and the past stuff that has hurt us. Father, we give you seasons where we actually really tried to do what was right and we still ended up getting hurt. Father, we give you those seasons right now. We put them at the altar. We say, take them. We don't want them. Father, we ask for a Holy Spirit massage. We ask for awakening oil over our hearts. We ask for healing balm to come. Lord, if we need to forgive people who hurt us, let's just do that right now. Just name them. Father, I ask for grace to be able to forgive right now in the room. We forgive. We forgive. We let go. We let go. 
We give you the disappointments, Father. We give you the hardships. We give you the times where it felt like no matter what we did, things were still hard. We give you that right now. We just receive fresh hope, Father, being poured out over the dreams and the words on our life right now. Lord, we just decree over ourselves right now that you are not unjust, that you are not unjust, that you are actually very, very just. And so we receive of your justice right now, Father. We receive of your justice, not man's justice, not our own justice. We receive of your justice, Father. And we speak over ourselves right now that we trust you, that you are faithful. We trust you with the words over our life, whether it takes a day or whether it takes a lifetime. We trust you, Father, with the words over our life. We trust you that you are a good Father. On this Father's Day, Lord, we decree over ourselves that you are a perfect Father and that you are speaking good days over us, good plans over us, that you have never forgotten a single word that you have spoken over our hearts, Father. And so, Lord, we just receive of justice and mercy right now. We cry out for mercy, Lord, and we cry out for justice. And, Father, we cry out for hope infusions all across this room right now, Father, for hope infusions. Lord, let hope rise in our own hearts and with the own promises and words that you've spoken over us, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Lord, just remove any guilt or shame from past seasons. We just break off guilt and shame. We agree that it is a lie and that it's not from you. So we let go of guilt and shame right now. Lord, even in places where we know we could have done better and we let you down. Lord, we just say we're sorry. We're sorry. We ask for just hope to rise in our hearts. Lord, we welcome in the new season and we welcome in the new day. We thank you that you are always restoring, you're always renewing. Hmm. Lord, we give you not just our call, but we actually give you our character. And we say that you are the God of our character even. Father, help us steward the journey of our own heart and character well. Give us a grace to actually deal with our own stuff and deal with it in love and grace and hope. And Lord, give us a grace over this community to deal with other people's hearts and journeys with grace and love and goodness. May we be a people that love people. Yeah. Lord, we thank you for this coming week. We thank you for all that you're doing. Hmm. Just let hope rise. We're just going to take a quick moment and just, let's just worship, hey. If you need to go, you, you're free to go. But let's just worship. Amen.